huge savings on new and previously leased furnishings. That's right, huge savings. At Court Furniture Clearance Center, choose from our wide variety of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. You'll find sofas from $199.99 and more. Everything in our 9,000 square foot showroom is Court certified, guaranteed, and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Visit our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Hi, this is Daryl Bars taking over for Hugh Riley at Liquid Lunch today. And I'm pleased to have with me today Dr. Talia, a naturopathic doctor and author of the book, The Confident Food Shopper, right there. So tell me, Talia, what's, um, what's in this book, The Confident Food Shopper, more or less? Just an, a little bit of an overview, sure. what you were after. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it's almost like a reference book, I'd mm -hmm. say, in its style, with humor and, and edge. Mm -hmm. Uh, that I wrote for Canadians uh, on basically how can you navigate the aisles of the shopping, you know, the grocery mm -hmm. store uh, with confidence. Mm -hmm. And it goes through everything that you could ever possibly want to know about a food package. So if you pick up a package, say cereal, you're going mm -hmm. to see the nutrition facts label mm -hmm. and deal with that. Mm -hmm. There's the ingredients. There's all kinds of statements like, uh, you know, uh, high in protein, high in fiber, all kinds of certifications, mm -hmm. fair trade, organic. Right. I deal with all of those, but then there's also things that we can't see that are, you know, called the hidden ingredients like mm -hmm. GMOs or uh, packaging materials that can make their way in, right. um, sanitizers used in the factories that can land up in your food, so sort of mm -hmm. um, antibiotics. Everything that a shopper wants to know uh, so that they don't have to rely on you know, what, whatever it is that they try to rely on in order right. to make their decisions, which can be very confusing. Yeah, because I, I feel like now we're in a, a time period where we all have a little bit more knowledge as shoppers, but sometimes that knowledge is a dangerous thing. And, and it's yeah. like walking into the supermarket, you almost know that no matter what you get, it's not going to be as healthy as you'd like it to be. So it's yeah. it, there, there's like... You know, it's like, what do you do with it? It's almost like how you get rid of all the food stuff afterwards, what goes in recycling, garbage, etc. You walk mm -hmm. in the grocery store and I've heard that if you walk around the perimeter and just get all the fresh stuff and avoid the inner aisles, you're doing better already. Absolutely. That, yeah. that is great advice. Yeah. You mm -hmm. could probably, you know, enhance the quality of your foods a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's still more to know within that section. Right. But I know a lot of people are not there. Uh, not ready to get rid of everything in the aisles, mm -hmm. so there can be various steps. And I think it's great that people have uh, skepticism. They should be skeptical. Right. But you're right, a little bit of knowledge can be a problem, especially mm -hmm. with access to the Internet today. Mm -hmm. um, things do tend to get exaggerated or described in a very black and white way. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get information going you know, from one extreme to the other, and that's so confusing for consumers. Mm -hmm. So if we walk in the store and you're saying even like that, sometimes even the good stuff on the perimeters, like the fruit and that, it's so overpackaged that mm -hmm. are, are you dealing with that in the book as well, like the packaging and, and how that affects uh, overall environmental impact or, or are we dealing uh, just with the food inside the package? 
I deal with the packages in the sense of how can it affect your health when there's, say, if it's in um, uh, saran wrap, it's contacting your food and, um, say, uh, lining of cans with uh, BPA that can make the way into the food. So, so this will leach into the food? Yeah. Okay. On my own blogging and such, I deal a lot, you know, when I'm with that sort of continued learning beyond this book, mm -hmm. I deal a lot with environmental issues. Mm -hmm. But in the book, I just stick to... How does it affect your health, but not only by putting it in your mouth and what it can cause, but how uh, food processing can affect animal welfare and the environment mm -hmm. in that and how it can come back to bite us. Right. You know, so even yeah. if it doesn't affect us directly now in the moment or we can't see it, it, it will mm -hmm. in the bigger scheme. Right. And yeah. you call yourself also the classroom doc classroom dot com. Doc. Now, what, what is that all about, the title there? The classroom doc just came from my desire to be uh, a teacher, and I mean, as a, as a naturopath, we're supposed to be or, or one of the founding principles is doctor as teacher. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel that it's more important to empower people and to educate them than to just tell them what to do, because mm -hmm. it's too much to tell people what to do. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, also. I mean, there's different teaching styles, I, and uh, I think the way I teach in this book is I like people to make up their own mind. Mm -hmm. So though I obviously have opinions, as you can see in some of my sarcasm in there. Um, Give an example of the sarcasm, for instance. <laughs> like, like an example of the sarcasm? Mm -hmm. Gosh, I haven't read my book in a while. Um, hmm. Well, here's one on page 130. It says, with GM, we'll get into this later, but okay. GMO crops. But it says, in terms of their safety, you and I are the experiment. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, you right. and I are the experiment. I don't yeah. know if that's so much sarcasm. Yeah, that's just, true. Just, just, just truth, truth, unfortunately. Just the plain, awful That's the hard truth. thing. Where, where does the sarcasm uh, say just true, a lot of this stuff? Like, it's yeah. sad, but it's not even sarcastic. It's just, like, yeah. the straight truth. I guess that's yeah. in my nature is to be a little bit sarcastic. Mm -hmm. And people mm -hmm. have read the book, and in the reviews, when they write, uh, will talk about my humor. So they, uh, mm -hmm. that's been something that's been relayed back to me. Okay. Yeah, there are very few things that are black and white, and so I give the information, I leave it up for people to make up their mm -hmm. mind, like where do I want to fall, how far do I want to go with this? Obviously, I hope that they... Okay, so when you walk in the grocery store, you, you, you think at least most quasi-informed shoppers are going to mm -hmm. think, okay, if I go organic, it's going to cost me more, but I'm probably safer. What's your opinion on, on that? Is that true, or are there caveats to that? Yeah, true with caveats. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, definitely uh, buying organic, if you can afford it, mm -hmm. is overall going to make uh, you, you'll be better off and mm -hmm. the world by and large will be better mm -hmm. off. Um, not everyone can afford everything mm -hmm. as organic, so I have in there the, um, it's called the Dirty Dozen. So this is a list that comes out by the Environmental uh, Working Group every mm -hmm. year, right. saying like, what are the foods that are the most highly sprayed where you really got to be careful, so strawberries mm -hmm. and apples and such. So people can use their budget that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, the caveat, yes, of course, is, and this always happens, it's just life, that big companies, I won't say any names, <laughs> but try to take advantage, of course, of any way to make money, and mm -hmm. organic is trendy, and so you have companies that are not performing to the spirit, and they're looking for loopholes. Right. And of course that happens, so uh, it still is useful for uh, consumers to go to health shows, to go to farmer's markets, mm -hmm. and to get to know there are a lot of 
um, companies that are not yet certified mm -hmm. that maybe are better than some of the organic ones, mm -hmm. or companies doing what I call biodynamic farming, mm -hmm. which is even better. But in the spirit of certified organic, it's not, uh, I think people reduce it to something very simple and just say mm -hmm. it means less pesticides mm -hmm. or chemical pesticides, which is true. Right. But there's so much more built into it mm -hmm. uh, about protecting the soil, the environment, yeah. relations. Trying to have a permaculture in that and, yeah. and going from there so far. Yeah. And there are companies that legitimately try to meet the spirit, that. and I right. think it is important to much as we can. Now on the same line, this may be a question you can't answer, but it came to mind. Um, <laughs> Amazon has recently bought Whole Foods, for instance, right? Yes, your, your I ways. did hear about that. Now, <laughs> where, where, does this compromise the future of Whole Foods as a truly uh, healthy, quote unquote, store, or is the verdict not clear yet? Um, well, I have no idea where where things will go it's mm -hmm. too soon I suppose if as somebody has shopped there mm -hmm. I'll be able to tell in the future if I see things are changing right. again with this, this <laughs> where there's corners being yeah. cut not necessarily going to happen but I have I mm -hmm. have no idea but having said that I will say a lot of health there's a lot of products in health food stores mm -hmm. that by my standards which is my right to set where my bar is mm -hmm. are not health foods but are you know the where there's money to be made, people will mm -hmm. try. So there's a lot of products that people think are healthy because just because they say gluten-free. So for example? Um, nut milks. So I'm not saying they're, again, I'm not saying they're mm. all bad and they're poison or anything. Right. But they're a trend because a lot of people are trying to stay away from dairy and mm -hmm. they're considered a health food. A lot of people uh, use almond milk, for right. example. I, I created a whole infographic comparing like the difference between if you take raw almonds and blend them with water that's mm -hmm. making real True natural almond milk, almond milk versus and what you're getting a pasteurized mm -hmm. product with all kinds of additives and thickeners yeah. to me that's not a health food right and it's also a waste of money mm -hmm. with so few almonds in it and so, packaging and everything else and right. packaging yeah so um so if you were to make your own, for instance, you, even just putting some ten almonds in a blender with some water, and boom, you got some almond milk. More yeah, or less. and you can use a natural yeah. thickener and a natural sweetener if you want to mm -hmm. embellish it, right. uh, yeah, or something like cashews, which mm -hmm. don't have a thick skin. Right. There's certain things that are very easy to get around and make, and right. can be better. If I were to open, which I'm not going, but if I were to <laughs> open my own health food store, I think maybe only eighty percent of what I see in some mm -hmm. health or twenty percent of what mm -hmm. I see in some health food stores would be in mine, and it mm -hmm. would be a lot more groceries. The yeah. health food stores have to get away from all of these substitute foods into yeah. just more real food. Yeah, I think there are a few stores in Toronto that are really trying to live by that standard. Yeah, um, they're definitely health food stores are yeah. all over from... Like I'm thinking in this this uh, sort of cafe bar food place, Alternity, just opened by Bata Shoe Museum, and it's oh, coming okay. from Alternative Thinking, which is on Bathurst, just below Bloor, where in one of the Honest Ed's like locations. Yeah. And that also sells like really like, you know, everything's packaged in sort of paper and there's no, I mean, there's a lot of conscientiousness I think in the product versus going yeah. into some stores, yes, where there's 50 different, you know, nut milks. And, yeah. you know, we get, like I, I was, um, I guess when I found out I was sort of lactose intolerant to some degree, and I think a lot of people think they are or might be or to some degree are. And then mm -hmm. I switched to soy milk and then I think I was, drinking soy milk um, for probably five years till someone said, hey, it affects your um, testosterone levels. 
which I had never heard of. But I'm not an anti-soy. Yeah, but on. now it seems like that is. <laughs> so yeah. and, and then and then when you yeah, think yeah. of the way that soy is grown and, and is it GMO soy, da 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 da, yeah, and all yeah. the stuff, it starts to think like, do we really know what's so bad about the milk industry? Um, yeah. What do you think of dairy, for instance, as a as a drinkable product for people? Um, I use dairy myself, mm -hmm. so I think with every food group, it's a matter of looking at mm -hmm. the nuances in it. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, milk, as most people drink it, which right. is going to be probably skim milk from the, you know, just the regular dairy industry, okay. is not, it doesn't seem to fare well with most people and is not a healthy product. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, like with prostate cancer and with regards to foods, as the strongest correlation is between dairy consumption and prostate cancer. But there's a big difference mm -hmm. between that and let's say we have a small farm of uh, you know ethically raised goats, and so we have goat's milk, and we take that and ferment it and make kefir. Mm -hmm. This can probably be a very healthy daily drink, right. but it's still dairy. So it depends. How is it made, and mm -hmm. where does it come from? And that's why you know I have the whole section on the stories behind mm -hmm. your foods, because that makes a big difference. Yeah, and even as things grow, yeah. like kefir, or I say kefir, I'm not sure the right <laughs> pronunciation, but I'm when, not sure either. when I go into a Russian store in Toronto, for instance, and they have yeah. like, like 10 different brands of kefir, versus because it's a very popularly consumed product, let's yeah. say. And then I don't even know which one is, is that, which is the one that maybe is the healthiest or not. I mean, so it's, as soon as yeah. something becomes popular, too, all of a sudden, boom, everyone's making it. Yeah. And different cultures consume different things. I make my own. So. You make your own kefir. Yeah. Okay. I used to make my own yogurt once upon a time. Yeah. But, but it can be done, fun. but it takes time. But And how do you make your own kefir? Uh, well, you just have the what's called the kefir grains. Mm -hmm. Now, often you get it. I got it from one of my neighbors, mm -hmm. but you can buy them, the dry ones. And it's extremely easy. You just, uh, I buy organic milk, mm -hmm. costs a fortune, in a glass bottle that can be right. recycled. Yeah. And you just pour that over the grains in a jar and you wait you know, about 24 hours if it's in the heat like it is today, mm -hmm. it's ready. I mean, it's very simple. That's right. one of the simpler things, making nice. sourdough bread, not so much. Not so much, right. <laughs> not so simple. Hmm. But there's certain things that are very simple and that's, yeah. that's one of them. And even gratifying. today, and I was mentioning before the interview that I had read a headline that uh, Health Canada or some group had followed the processing of organic milk versus regular milk, and by mm -hmm. the end said there was very little difference, and I, I need to research that. Yeah. But that's scary too, and often we do find that, um, you know, these products that are considered healthy or better, I mean, a good example is, is bottled drinking water that people think is better than Toronto City water, and mm -hmm. yet it's been proven time and again that it isn't, um, especially big companies that are really not caring like Nestle, for instance, yes. throwing company names okay out. But we okay. just like Nestle. We just like Nestle, <laughs> both of us, I guess, at the same time. <laughs> and it doesn't even taste good. First no, of all, they're just, and, and not to mention all the plastic problems and everything like that. So there's so such a long way to go. And I imagine yeah. like when we were younger, before plastics became ubiquitous, I mean, you'd go shopping either and you'd get everything in a box or in a cloth bag or something, and there'd be no packaging of anything. and you know, it's like now you look at what your garbage prod, like production is, so much of it is just packaging waste, you know, and, and everything. And, and like you're saying, this is also leaching into the food we're mm -hmm. doing. It's leaching into the soil. Everything is happening and we're consuming it. And I guess one of the oddities, uh, due to the medical profession perhaps, but we're living longer. 
So this is also what, you know, the counter argument that people say, oh, so there's GMOs, yes. so there's and that. But meanwhile, look, we're living longer than we ever did back in the day when things were truly healthy. But, you know, that's, yeah. I think, more to do with modern medicine. But Well, with, the, with regards to longevity, mm. I think the, the one argument I've heard is that the statistics are skewed by the fact that the mortality rate for infants used to be mm. so high. Oh. So that really lowers the average right. age dramatically. Mm -hmm. uh, but also... What's the point of talking about how long we're living if we're not living well into mm -hmm. uh, if we have you right. know, Alzheimer's and mm -hmm. cancer, one in right. three or one in four Canadians? And I don't think that was the case. So right. uh, we might be living mm -hmm. making it through our childhood. Yeah. And it speaks about statistics again and how they can be cherry picked and skewed. Yeah. And, and we don't really know. And you throw a statistic exactly. out and it's, you know, it, it just, but it's, it's part of like the problem with what you're getting at in the book. There's just so much to know. Mm -hmm. You know, about anything we take in, any piece of information, you know, we really have to judge, we have to think, we can't look for easy, you know, easy answers, nothing is black and white. Um, I was at uh, Mariposa Festival, for instance, this weekend, and all of the vendors had to use a special cellulose product, I think made from corn mm -hmm. something, so that it could all be composted. That's great. It all broke down, and then I thought, that's great. Yeah. On the other hand, then I'm thinking, where did all this corn product come from and I know because I've driven through like Iowa and places in the yeah. states where it's just you know hundreds of kilometers of cornfield and and all GMO yeah. corn probably GMO corn probably yeah. so like almost anything we do it seems there's a counter argument to it or a complex way of thinking around it and then we never know is, you know is what I'm doing right and you know it reminds me of um a short story I read once where a character almost went crazy trying to think of how to throw their garbage out because was this recyclable? In, in the, like it almost is a paralysis of, uh -huh. of movement, you know, what is good. And you sort of have to just chill out, I guess, and think, well, you do your best and that's it. You know, and you go on. Nothing is yeah. perfect. You try to do a little bit better than what you would have done and that's probably the best you can do, you know. But. Yeah, we can just do our best. Um, mm -hmm. I think that... Well, for me, it's easy because I, I love being involved in investigating foods. Mm -hmm. I enjoy cooking. Um, we, there really has to be a dramatic shift in how we look at food and, right. um, and not see it as an inconvenience mm -hmm. to spend the time. Uh, I know a lot of people say they don't have time to cook mm -hmm. or maybe to go to cooking classes, but then the statistics, again, you know, on how, mm -hmm. long, how many hours people spend on Netflix and on the Internet right. and on their phones. I'm sure in many cases they do. You know, if we could just, uh, especially at a younger age, just impart a, an excitement or pleasure mm -hmm. around food, then maybe it wouldn't seem like such a task. And so going to um, the Whole Health uh, Food Show in Toronto would be then a pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. And it's much easier for me to uh, trust a company when I meet someone face to face, whether it's there at the farmer's market, mm -hmm. and have a conversation than uh, than just looking at you know, products in the store, and uh, you know having those, yeah. that kind of contact used to be right a regular thing a regular thing maybe mm -hmm. it was with the milkman or yeah. at your door but right and milk yeah. used to be you know delivered in a bottle and yeah recycled you know used again everything is just so different so we're moving into this yeah. uh, time of convenience where as you're saying Netflix and all this and the younger generation has even more trouble than the older one in getting off their devices. Um, yeah. You know, there used to be an idea where the modernity of the food industry would be like the space food, in a sense. It would just be a package, you'd add some water, and that's it. So we have to hope that we don't go in that direction. 
but a lot of our food is moving in that direction. At the same time, there's yeah. also this great love of, of cooking and all kind of cooking shows on TV. So, I mean, there's a, there's a dichotomy, as usual. There is, um, yeah. And we have to hope that sort of humanity wins out on this one. But who knows? Fingers crossed. Know. Fingers crossed. Um, um, yeah, you, you, you can never... Uh, I think it's about your... You have to pick. You have to pick up your principles. Mm -hmm. And for me, my principle is um, my health over convenience. I don't see cooking and such as inconvenient because mm -hmm. I love it. But um, we, I think we, you know, unfortunately, uh, wanting everything now and mm -hmm. um, saving time has really been to our detriment. Mm -hmm. And maybe we think it's better for us, but I don't see the happiness it's creating <laughs> and the franticness of having yeah, to, it's... you know, just fit more things in and. Um, human contact is so important so mm -hmm. going out to a farmer's market is not just about it's not just about the time it's mm -hmm. about the you know the connections mm -hmm. and the community it creates and the support right. and the, the whole triple down effect mm -hmm. if we think of it that way maybe right. it'd be easier to it's an entertainment, justify. It's entertainment yeah. just going to the market yeah well, if yeah. you have kids so you don't have time mm -hmm. take your kids to the market mm -hmm. cook with your kids um, just right. involve them mm -hmm. it's, that's no, we need to, <laughs> they're sponges, we need to brainwash them, but hoping, in a good hoping. way. <laughs> Back to uh, corporations buying, even with GMOs, Monsanto was bought out recently by another company, Bayer, um, yeah. Bayer which, you know, we we're, we're generally think of as a pretty good company because it helps us with aspirin, we have headaches, so, you know, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not going to go there, but I mean, <laughs> yes, in, in a sense, it's, it doesn't have this evil name that Monsanto has, and now... It's sort of almost like what's going to happen with GMO products when people can't rally against Monsanto. Um, is it like a beautiful cover for that? And so yeah. maybe some thoughts on this and of GMO products in general, um, especially let's say corn, because that's certainly ubiquitous as corn mm -hmm. is produced. Yeah. So what are some thoughts on the, that? Well, I don't know what's going to happen with this merger because mm -hmm. you know that that's. Uh yeah, no, it's the second new one I brought up today, but it just shows how the big, big companies keep eating even bigger companies. Yeah, and, it is a problem and, yeah, that we lose. Yeah. I guess Monsanto was a convenient name we could focus mm -hmm. on, but right. certainly uh, there's other companies that, uh, like Syngenta, that have a, an equally bad track record, but mm. you know we, we tend to have Monsanto was a popular right. uh, company to pick on, and rightly so. Mm -hmm. I think with regards to GMOs, uh, that too, like with the organic, it's oversimplified so people just focus on the argument um, are GMOs do they cause uh, like say uh, cancer of the liver this one or not like the sort of mm -hmm. very narrow approach but with GMOs it's so much bigger than that it's looking at um, you know the the use of for example a pesticide Roundup and that's become pretty popular too mm -hmm. so Roundup um, contains glyphosate and the World Health Organization said that it's a probable human carcinogen. Mm -hmm. So because most GMO crops are genetically modified to be resistant Listen. to the Roundup, they can spray so much more mm -hmm. and that creates uh, um, weeds that are resistant. So it's kind mm -hmm. of like with antibiotic resistance. Right. Um, it has all kinds of unknown effects mm -hmm. on the environment in terms of the soil, mm -hmm. uh, in the air, um, insects around us, and we just have no idea. This is, it's sort of the worst, many things are an experiment, but this is the worst one ever because you can't take genes back out of the environment, you can't mm -hmm. clean up that mess. Right. Uh, so it's such a serious thing and it's not mm -hmm. treated with uh, you know, I think when it, with, when it comes to GMOs, because the consequences are so huge and so mm -hmm. irreversible, 
that the onus for proof of it being safe should be, you know, should have a much higher level than other right. things. And I think in Europe, um, the, the structure is far more severe against GMOs than it is in Canada and, North, and the United States. I think the laws are, are more stringent. In there there are companies that certainly have banned GMOs. Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, that has in part to do with the public, uh, the people there, and I don't know what, because I don't live there, but mm -hmm. why they tend to stand up more for, because yeah. uh, you see the same companies like Kellogg's or Nestle mm -hmm. producing the same products, whether it's a cereal or not, but mm -hmm. in one country they have natural flavoring and coloring, mm -hmm. and then in North America not, because they'll adjust to, mm -hmm. you know, people have the squeaky wheel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we need to be more vocal, mm. and, you know. And, and I thought, on, on that, with, with uh, Kellogg's, etc., I, I had thought about a year ago, I had read, that the government was going to crack down a bit on sugared cereals, and yet I go to the grocery store and there's no crackdown. I'm still seeing the sugared cereals, like the Cocoa Puffs, you know, and all this that are fed mainly to children. Um, like, at what point do you feel the government should seriously step in and either have, like, a, a surtax on this? Because, you, I mean, on any given day, the thing's on sale, and you can buy a great big box of cereal for two ninety nine. Mm -hmm. you know, and this is, like, is going to feed a lot of people versus, you know, you could pay two ninety nine for one organic apple. For instance, yes. you know, I'm so so this is this is the problem. I mean, this is why, like, obviously, yes. not everyone can afford it, and at least three quarters of the population of North America can't afford. You know, has to shop very carefully. So, mm -hmm. the you know the companies are, are providing this cheap stuff that fills you up to some degree, and and probably contributes to the obesity rates in North America as well. At the same time, with all the sugar in it, yeah. it's tasty, yeah, but it's it's garbage to some degree. But the government allows it to go on and. We're ultimately paying a health tax in a sense because, you know, these are going to result in, in issues that will, you know, you'll have to get medical help, et cetera. So, do you think the government should have a, like a more active role in, like a, a health tax on certain foods, like they do on cigarettes, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Should it be on sugared cereals, for instance? What do you think on that? I'd say yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, okay. I do. Um, I mean, one of the main reasons why there's so much. Mm -hmm corn and soy it's not just sugar in our foods it's right. because of government funding for those mm. crops and so they're so cheap that it's really hard for a company to justify mm -hmm. using something better we have natural preservatives that we could use like rosemary but they cost so much more so mm. the you know as long as the government funds uh, these cheaper mono crops so why is the government funding this or how is the government funding this I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not aware of that. So just um, that's that. not really an area that I've mm -hmm. looked into. Any, I just mm -hmm. I know that they mm -hmm. do. They've always okay. subsidized like the you know many industries, including right. for definitely for soy and for corn. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure with sugar. The Canadian okay. government is subsidizing mm -hmm. them, uh, but these companies are just very powerful. I, there's not a lot of detailed information about mm -hmm. Health Canada or the Canadian government that I find and the food companies um, as much as you can find out there on the internet about what goes on in the U.S. But I consider it's just a mm -hmm. micro version. Right. It's of collusion what goes between on. lobbyists, in a sense, for companies and what yeah. the government. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, Health Canada has to deal. It has to placate the needs mm -hmm. of so companies will ask for you know exceptions or try keep trying to get deadlines right. extended for things they have to change and um, 
Health Canada has to juggle a lot, and I guess I'm assuming they don't have the resources to micromanage to the extent that they need yeah. to. Just why? Just you know, I, I just feel that it's better to take things in a grassroots way into our own hands than wait for Health Canada to solve it. I, mm -hmm. I just don't think it's going to happen, okay. even with the best intentions of right. some people in Health Canada. I'm sure they're not all evil. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure no, they're not all just, conspiring just, to kill There's lobbyists us. and power groups, etc. so it happens. Yeah. We're aware of that by now. Um, I think grassroots is... So if we stick to cereal, for instance, and, and the difficulty of shopping for cereal, we got, mm -hmm. let's say... When we think of what's a healthy cereal, well, granola will probably come to mind. But I'm sure you can <laughs> buy a granola in a package and it's just that. so full of sugar and all that stuff versus, again, the true way to do it, I guess, would be to make it yourself. But that would take time and then no one's going to have that time. So how do we, let's say just for a breakfast cereal, uh -huh. how would we navigate the, you know, the supermarket to make a, a decent choice? Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? Uh, there are some good options, but first and foremost, I'd say that, you know, that the, the whole idea of cereal as being something we need to have for breakfast is just, mm. uh, you know, it was just created. There's, there's nothing innately mm -hmm. necessary about having cereal for breakfast. Mm -hmm. You can have uh, anything for breakfast that you'd have for dinner. True. Leftovers. True. Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, people need to, I guess, they could just not have cereal. Right. <laughs> that would be one. Well, then they'd have um, bread, toast. Like, I mean, no, it, there's it, a, it, doesn't, it could be anything you have any, for any true. meal. There's no right. reason why you need cereal. Yeah. I mean, Cereal is just a, it's a convenience, I guess, milk and cereal. Yeah. Um, well, this was all made, like you're saying, it, it, there's no reason. It was actually made up. Yeah, I read a book on this by, by Kellogg's uh, back in the late 1800s um, as, as like this concept of a breakfast cereal that actually he mm -hmm. thought was healthy and would help. And maybe at the beginning, maybe the idea was positive. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it spawned a whole new way of eating. Yeah. And now we take it for granted that breakfast is going to be if it's not going to be a heavy breakfast sort of the you know meat and eggs kind of breakfast then it's going to be toast and coffee or cereal and coffee I mean yeah. we do get into this pattern um, I remember traveling I think it was in maybe in Burma now Myanmar where what was for sale in the markets for breakfast was what I would consider dinner Mm -hmm. You know, it was like noodle soups and different things and meat and stuff. Yeah. And it, yeah. yeah. So everything's arbitrary and cultural. Exactly. Um, yeah. People you know, say, oh, that's cool. weird that you have yeah. that for breakfast. Mm -hmm. but, but there are good options. Mm -hmm. um, there are more and more companies making, and they'll usually come in a smaller bag, and it's, it's sort of an instant cereal. But what mm. they are, they're really tiny grains or even seeds like amaranth. And, right. and the kind that you can add hot water and they sort of instantly can eat them. Um, so there, so you're getting whole grains, which mm -hmm. is definitely uh, a great option. You can combine it with other things. Mm -hmm. That's instant. It's more expensive, but much more filling. The cereal's not very filling. Okay. Um, so, so I have a I have a, a, a bag of organic amaranth at home, and I don't know what to do with it exactly. So what would you do with amaranth, <laughs> for instance? Uh, so with amaranth or even whole oatmeal, actually, mm -hmm. one of the great ways to make it faster mm -hmm. is the night before you can put it in one of those um, insulators. Mm -hmm. Just pour boiling water in there, let it sit overnight, and it's pretty mm -hmm. much, it's ready and cooked mm -hmm. in the morning. You can heat it up in one minute, and uh, you can add in some, you can leave soaking in it some nuts and seeds as well. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so in the morning, you just basically heat it up for one minute, you add a dollop of some good yogurt on right. it, whatever it is. There you go. It's just a bit of preparation, but the time it takes is very, so you, you, know, you have to learn to just mm -hmm. redo your habits. And once they become a habit, 
there's not a lot to think about just like right. you don't think about oh cereal and milk i have to add those two together and i have to remember that mm-hmm. well no because it's such a habit but, but it is so easy like <laughs> it's based on convenience it takes virtually no time to pour some cereal pour some milk yeah versus and that's what I, even even with making oatmeal i mean the instant oats are not that healthy compared to steel cut oats yeah and steel cut oats though take time either you prepare it like you're saying the night before by soaking it yeah but um unfortunately the, the way things are packaged like with the instant oatmeal that has so much sugar and all that stuff and then this is given yeah, to yeah. kids and think oh this is healthy but yeah. it's not because it has all this kind of stuff in a package and it's just mm-hmm. sugar basically with a little bit of oat, oats for yeah. texture or something and versus you know <laughs> steel cut oats which you give to somebody and think what is this like it, they don't even recognize that this is oatmeal and, and this is the uh this is part of the problem like we're we're so far away from natural food yeah yeah if, if convenience is the number one most important mm-hmm. thing to a person you're probably not going to be healthy i'm just that's just the honest answer if that is your absolute most important there's nothing mm-hmm. more convenient than junk food Right. It's very inconvenient to have a chronic illness later yes. on. And that's going to cost you a lot of time and money. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah. But there are ways of these mm-hmm. hacks to make things faster if it's mm-hmm. very important and that's soaking overnight. You know, all you have to do is heat the kettle and pour the water. Right. And if, it, if it's something you do every single day, just like brushing your teeth, you're yeah. probably going to remember before mm-hmm. you go to bed. And, you got it done. Uh, okay. Yeah. And with... Um, the way that we eat um because we are in habits one of the newer habits is this is veganism let's say or a vegan diet mm-hmm. um there's been paleo there's been gluten-free etc macro etc etc so what do you think of some of these different trends and ideas philosophies of, mm-hmm. of eating um in general i think um many of the, of these different diets get uh yeah the trendiness is a problem are, are uh, will be helpful for different people there is from my years of experience as a naturopath mm-hmm. and just the many things I know about these different diets there's none that is just the best for everybody no mm-hmm. such thing mm-hmm. um, and all of them if done right potentially for the right person mm-hmm. could be healthy and there's different advantages and dis- so I'll give you some you know some examples mm-hmm. so I mean I love veganism, obviously, because uh, it, it's great to, from an from an ethical perspective, mm-hmm. that is important. Animal welfare is important, and yeah. certainly, if we wanted to have a huge impact on the earth, everybody being right. vegan would, would be help. Right. yeah, it definitely would help. Mm-hmm. But not everybody can um, tolerate being completely vegan. Mm-hmm. The iron levels or other things, um, and there's many people who are vegan who so you can be a, a eating a vegan diet well or really badly right and i think for people who don't know a lot about food going vegan all of a sudden it can maybe make their diet a lot worse than right. before they're not going to necessarily mm-hmm. be more healthy same with the gluten-free uh, some people will feel a lot better when they're off grains mm-hmm. because of so many reasons maybe because a lot of them are just flour products mm-hmm. um, but i don't have anything against you know grains as a whole Right, because again, um, even some of these yeah. flowers are badly produced, cheap GMO grains versus really healthy grains that are making the uh, the bread or whatever. For instance. Yeah, there's mm. uh, no GMO grains right now, but mm. but the problem is that a lot of the marketed gluten-free products are just really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Breads and mm-hmm. uh, cookies and all of these things. 
right. are just absolutely processed. So whatever mm -hmm. transition someone makes, they should see, unless they're really knowledgeable about food mm -hmm. or willing to cook everything from scratch, should see a nutritionist or a naturopath. And same with the paleo. Um, you know, it can be, it can, you can have someone who's really being careful to source non-factory farmed healthier mm -hmm. animals and eating them in small portions. Right. Also realizing that we're never going to be those people. We're not living there very active. We're not living in that time right. and we can never match it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or you can have people that are just not getting enough fiber and eating a lot of uh, factory farmed food and it's high on the food chain so there's a high toxic load. Mm. So there's a give and take. A vegan person will have a very relatively low toxic load if they're not eating processed food because the higher on the food chain you right. go, the worse. So you still, whatever diet you pick, you still need to be conscious mm -hmm. about what you're eating and how you put it together. There's no guarantee that one is good or the other is good. True. Okay. Yes. So be, do Which your one homework. Are, Which one are you things? falling on? <laughs> Yeah. So another but mostly plant-based, I would say. Yeah, plant-based would help. All okay. of those would yeah. be no matter which one it is. Eat more you know, vegetables. 80% yeah. plant-based, even if you're eating animals or mm -hmm. not, and stay away from the factory farmed mm -hmm. products. Okay. So, and we walk into the grocery store again, and, and we're hoping that the government's done some sort of job, it's approved different things, but mm -hmm. uh, what is the most unsafe things that are approved by the government um, that find their way in our food? Um, that that's a mat yeah matter of there's there's no way to specifically rate mm -hmm. you know, what okay, ingredient just, is the most some, unsafe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are many I would say you know they fall in three categories: some uh, ingredients that are just clearly safe because they're mm -hmm. whole foods, and some that are maybe you know we're not sure and the jury's out, and and some that clearly shouldn't be in our foods and are banned in many. Mm -hmm. country. So one example would be um, azodicarbonamide, which is even hard to say. <laughs> yeah. This is a leavening agent okay. and it's found in sort of um, fluffy burger buns and white breads, not all of them, uh, but it's banned in a number of countries and as I, I put in the book here, though I couldn't find the specific details, but in Singapore apparently mm -hmm. if you use it, you can get a jail sentence up to 15 years. Wow. Uh, or a hefty fine, but it's it's still used here. It's really uh, remarkable how you know you can have something yeah. with that kind of severe consequences in one mm -hmm. country. Um, I think that many of the artificial sweeteners should be like like sucralose. Everyone talks about aspartame, but sucralose is another uh, problematic okay. one. Mm -hmm. With more recent studies from Italy, um, if the, it also depends on who's evaluated this, mm -hmm. the science, right? So I, um, there's a few bodies that I found very reliable when doing my research, and one is the Center for Science in the Public Interest. Unlike Health Canada, mm -hmm. they are, you know, you know, it's an, a neutral group of scientists in mm -hmm. the U.S. and Canada, and they review the science without a, I guess, an interest in the particular outcome, and mm -hmm. they're not funded by any food companies or other right. relationships. So, they will have a list. Uh, and they've got a list probably of about 20 ingredients that they consider should not be eaten at all. Mm -hmm. Others, like carrageenan, that are, you know, the, the evidence isn't clear, so maybe we should limit how much we have. Right. And then things that they consider safe. Um, but I don't think that we're doing a, 
a sufficient job that we can rely on Health Canada's mm -hmm. approval to, and it's not a bash against Health Canada, mm -hmm. just the reality. So the book, like if, if one really like got into the details in the book again, they'd be able to navigate the aisles of the shelf yeah. The shelf, you know, whatever, much I, better than we're doing already. Right? Yes, I have my own list uh, mm -hmm. in, this, in the chapter on ingredients. I have my own list of ingredients. I say that, you know, if you spot these in your food, you should absolutely Stay avoid away. this food. Other ones that try to limit, because mm -hmm. I'm being reasonable. Now, those right. ones try to limit, you could also eliminate. Mm -hmm. um, that makes it easier. Uh, it was one of the biggest problems with consumers that I found, not based on a study, but from so many people I've talked to and how they shop is people tend to be very focused on the nutrition facts label and they use that to pick their foods mm -hmm. or sometimes the claims. So I mean like how many calories? How many calories, food? how much fat, right. how much sugar, it's good to pay attention to the sugar, sugar. but all, the, uh, all that uh, shows you is the quantities mm -hmm. but it shows you nothing about the quality. quality. And you have to look at the ingredients to interpret mm -hmm. what you're seeing. So it right. doesn't matter how many fats are on it, but mm -hmm. what kind of fats are they? Right. Are they trans fats? Which, as I explained in there, is not always obvious, even if it says zero trans fats. Mm -hmm. um, are they, uh, you know, have they been processed fats? Or they, is it a cold-pressed olive oil? Is it, um, you know, a, a processed soy or corn oil GMOs? Makes a huge difference. Yeah. So the one bit of advice I would give is just don't use that. It can be your, your first screen, but mm -hmm. never pick a product based on because it's low fat or low calorie right. or zero cholesterol. Mm -hmm. None of those are going to yeah. guarantee you in any way that your food is healthy or yeah. safe. And this is another problem because the, mm -hmm. the, these are trends of the last 10, 15 years, those, those issues you just talked about, mm -hmm. and that consumes our mind, and then we forget about the quality behind it because you're, you're – counting calories or something like that yeah. or no fat so yeah we're just like i don't know I, the consumer's head <laughs> is spinning doesn't know what to do you mentioned olive oil even i find this a problematic thing because probably good olive oil shouldn't cost you know six dollars for a big bottle it, it probably is not the same as one that costs 30 but then what are you yeah. gonna you know you have to source and look at this and trust where you're buying so yeah. almost every decision in those health shows yeah. farmers markets mm -hmm. I really, you know, for me, I, I, I can trust in the products That's, I get because mm -hmm. I've met a lot of the people. Or you can look on someone's website. Right. You, you won't be perfect right off the bat, mm -hmm. but you will continue to learn or become more easy. It, mm -hmm. it, it is a, it isn't should be a life skill to learn right. how to, to shop or right. to cook. I mean, it, it should be a, probably a most important primary mm -hmm. skill, not mathematics. Right. Not and it's not taught in school, and, really, right. Yeah. This is why we need a classroom doctor, right, with to fix the system. Yeah. From the, from the core. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It should be. It should yeah. be something that that every person mm -hmm. feels like. Of course, right. I have to learn about food and mm -hmm. where it comes from. How can I not know where it comes from? But mm -hmm. we're just so far removed. Right. We're from into that. convenience, and that's yeah. where we're at right now. Yeah. Okay. So then, the things that our ancestors did or took for granted mm -hmm. seem strange to us. Oh, I don't have the time to do that. But they might have said, what, how could you not? I mean, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, when yeah. we imagine that people had to go fetch water, you know, sometimes a kilometer uh -huh. more, and now, you know, we're not even, we just have to turn on a tap, and still that's not even good enough. So yes. people are buying bottled water, which isn't even bottled, it's in plastic, the plastic's leaching in. It, it's, it's a conundrum. 
Um, I think we've covered a lot of, of the issues. Is there, and you've sort of given a last uh -huh. philosophy as well, but is there any parting uh, message further that you would like to uh, tell everyone? Well, it'd be hard for me to impart passion, but you know, um, don't be afraid of food. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Cooking, it's, it's great. It's creative. You enjoy what you eat so much more when you've got your hands in, when you've had some role to play, whether you've met someone and you know who's making it mm -hmm. or you made those sprouts. Um, so it's not just about the, mm -hmm. the health value, but you will right. get a lot more out of it than you imagine. You'll get, you know, spending more quality time with mm -hmm. family, right. less stress. Mm -hmm. There's so many benefits to being involved in, in your food that okay. don't be afraid of it. and. Uh, Embrace it. And embrace it. Smell your vegetables. <laughs> Don't be afraid to pick up my book. <laughs> pick up the book, The Confident Food Shopper. <laughs> this will help you. Can I let them know where they might find it? Yeah. Tell us about this. Uh, so, and, and one thing I'll say is it is written for um, Canadians and Americans, but mm -hmm. uh, I will contrast things with the U.S., but there's mm -hmm. no book out there for Canadians. Everything's written for Americans. Right. Uh, so it can be found on Amazon.ca. Mm -hmm. Uh, or any health food store can order it because it's carried by mm -hmm. Now Foods, which is a supplement company. So okay. they mainly make supplements, but it's in the it will be in a catalog. So any health food store across Canada could order it for you. Okay. So you're looking for the Confident Food Shopper by Dr. Talia Charney. Yes. There it is. It's a good read. It has some sarcasm in it, apparently. <laughs> it's not dry. Yeah, it's not it's, dry. It's not dry. It's anecdotal and humorous. There you go. With a lot of details and references. There we are. Yeah. So this is what you need. Enjoy your food. <laughs> Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy your food. It's Thank so you, Tali, for coming in and talking Thanks with us here. Thanks for interviewing me. <laughs> okay. Very good. All so right. until next time. All right. Till next okay. time. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.